0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. OH. Enjoy
1: the show.
2: Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. I'm uh, So, what do you think about Trump and Putin? They're BFFs, right? Right. Uh, I mean. uh, Scarily. Freakily. (laughs) Scarily. Is that a word? It is now. (laughs) Terrifyingly.
1: Yeah. um, I've seen a lot of Republican um, members calling it treason now. A lot of them seem to be upset, but I don't see any action being taken.
2: Uh, right, that's the uh, that's the crux of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand.
0: Well, and so many of them backtracked straight True. off of
2: it when he said, oh, I didn't mean
0: to say would. Right. I meant, I meant wouldn't. <laughs> um, even freaking Rob Portman <laughs> said that he takes the president at his word. This president you take at his word? Like this man is the like the...
1: The Probably the least likely person I would take at exactly. his word.
2: Like Trump himself will change what those words are in 15 minutes. Exactly.
1: Yes. He will say one thing and literally turn around and say the other while on the same like mm-hmm. <laughs> interview or whatever. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. Exactly. As we can see, this has been... Uh, What word am I looking for? This has been a repeated thing, a pattern Mm -hmm. for the the Trump administration is that this man can do whatever and no actions are taken. Right. Yeah,
2: I was watching all of this and I I kind of just suddenly flashed back to just a very short time ago when we were... (laughs) Uh, you know, having this massive national discussion about guns and assault weapons and school shootings. And yes. then all of a sudden it was about kids in detention camps and now we're looking at Trump and <sighs> Putin and the ability to take a massive national narrative, yeah. not just, you know, whatever the little thing that you're talking about, right. you know, in the, in the White House press room, but what everybody's discussing and just... Right <laughs> Turn it right around And suddenly We as a country Have forgotten What it was 15 minutes ago We were angry about Exactly Terrifying
1: <laughs> Exactly It's sad though I uh, shouldn't really laugh It's sad yeah. uh, Colbert actually <laughs> Talked about that
0: Last night He was like Shook Finally we got that All cleared up We can go back To talking about things Like oh Kids in cages like, Yeah <laughs> Like, this other thing still hasn't, you know, been fixed over here yet. But I think the other piece of the whole thing that really gets me is that, so, so even if, and this is a huge if, and I'm not saying I believe this, you take Trump at his word that he misspoke and should have said wouldn't instead of would. The other, whatever it was, 5,000 words in the statement he made that day were also equally stupid and ridiculous. Yes. He agreed. He said that Putin presented a great plan on how we were going to let Americans get interrogated by KGB agents because they might let Americans sit in on a KGB interrogation of another Russian person. Uh, you're going to take an American citizen
2: to... A former r- U.S. ambassador.
0: Yeah, to Russia, to let the KGB entire... Are you out of your ever-loving mind?
2: Benghazi what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously. <laughs>
0: You were so lucky, Gabe, that you haven't had to bleep out about 14 words <laughs> in this first three minutes of the podcast. Let me just tell you how much control I'm using right now. Uh,
2: I just pulled up Jim Renacci's, uh Twitter feed, and and he used to have his profile picture be him and Trump standing behind the uh, uh-huh. desk in the Oval Office, and, and now it's just Jim Renacci and not Donald <laughs> Trump anymore.
1: Huh. That'll that's, show
2: him right. <laughs> that's
0: interesting, because I'm going to guess that most of the people, Jim Renacci wants to vote for him. Um probably still very much love Donald Trump.
2: Yeah, but I think they, they're they all probably doing a little bit of soul-searching mm-hmm. when the president stands up there and yeah. basically, you know, craps all over the FBI Everyone. and the CIA in exactly. front of the head of Russia.
0: Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. huh. Except Barb Hortman, who's going to take him at his word.
2: Um, it's all better. The the fun part, uh, if there was, uh, part of Trump um, heading over there was, did you see uh, the Queen's brooches? Have you seen that? I saw the article about this. Have seen you seen it? I don't think oh, so. Oh, it's great. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and, and, and people haven't been uh, that... Uh, uh, you know, they've they've kind of understood this was a thing because Madeleine Albright put out a book called Read My Pins," where she explains that her brooches throughout the time when she was Secretary of State told Mm -hmm. a message. So people have kind of understood that this is a thing that, you know, women of society or whatever do. Mm -hmm. Older ladies. Uh, So when Trump (laughs) landed in the U.K., the queen at the event that she was at, the brooch that she had on was the brooch given to her by the Obama's like as a personal oh. gift. So <laughs> Trump's here. I'm putting on my Obama brooch. <laughs> so that was the first of three day oh two. Gosh. She's got this giant, uh, snowflake that was given to her by the people of Canada. So Trump's been attacking Canada. She's like, no, no, I got my Canadian snowflake.
0: <laughs> and it's a snowflake too. And yeah, of course oh, the, all yeah. they all call the liberals, all the liberal snowflakes. So that imagery is an interesting one too.
2: Right. Uh, and then day three, uh, this was the day that everybody saw the pictures because you're not supposed to turn your back on the queen. Yeah,
1: I do mm. which, need that one.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, many people said, hey, I, I we don't care that she's the queen. She is, however, a 92-year-old woman, and you're going for a walk, (laughs) so maybe just some common personal courtesy (laughs) would be in order. Um, Nah,
1: it doesn't exist. So people
2: took a look at that picture, and they realized, first off, that the dress she was wearing was the dress that she wore the day after the Brexit vote came through. Mm -hmm. And she uh, had kind of quietly opposed the Brexit vote and showed up to parliament with the hat that looked like the European Union flag to like show solidarity with Europe. So she's wearing that same dress. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the brooch that she wore on that day to like actually meet with Trump People look back through the file photos and realize that that's the same brooch that the queen's mother wore to the state funeral for the queen's father after he died. So, like, this is this really dark, (laughs) you know, know, just like somebody. First of all,
1: how are people even able to like put these things together? Who does? Who who has that much time? on Exactly. (laughs) I mean, thank
2: you, but like, (laughs) yeah, I appreciate it, but yeah, Uh
1: and like. Did Trump was he smart enough to catch on? No, Did somebody have no. to tell him?
2: No, I, I I don't think he would know and or care. <laughs> but then a bunch of uh, a bunch of news sites read somebody outlined this like really brilliantly in uh, in some tweets and showed. And the queen had her secret message, you know, (laughs) because the queen's not supposed to make political Uh statements, but it's like, no, no, you're coming. I'm wearing my Obama brush. I'm major shade. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Major shade. Which I I appreciate out of a (laughs) 92-year-old woman, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It was cool. Uh Uh-huh. And then, yeah, Trump Trump with his treasonous comments uh, in Helsinki later that week uh, was just Absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. godsmacking, Apalling, yeah. appalling guests. We
0: crapped all over NATO and then we went and right became BFFs <laughs> with Putin, right? And uh, the story's going to continue, yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that story from yesterday? I don't so, think so, um, Andrew, Andrea Mitchell, yes, was interviewing the director of national intelligence or something like you remember his exact title. I'm going to forget his name too. I think it's
2: director of national intelligence, DNI,
0: yeah, Dan Coates. Dan Coates, she was like live interviewing him before this audience at a international security conference right. somewhere when the tweet came out from the White House that the president had invited Putin to the White House oh. this fall. I, <laughs> so Andrea Mitchell like is on stage, and so she interrupts <laughs> Dan Coates with a, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... <laughs> We've got some breaking news. And she's like, the White House just tweeted. And if you watch the video, you actually have to watch. We'll put it in the show notes. You have to watch the video, not just listen to the audio. Because if you watch the video, you can see Dan's coats, his face when she said, we just got a tweet from the White House. His face is like, Right. crap, what's coming at me? And and then she reads it that, you know. They are, have extended like, an invitation to Putin to come to Washington D.C. this fall, and he was—he basically did a, say what now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and Andrea like starts to you know repeat herself. He's like, yeah. So I guess I heard that right. And she's like, so you have a coming? He's like, oh boy.
2: <laughs> Trump's people I have are to pissed. See it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
0: It was. It was like it's one of the like most amazingly new classic moments on of the Trump administration, which, you know, is a long list because he's constantly giving us material. But, yeah, there's the look on it. I mean, and this is Donald Trump's national director of intelligence. Like, (laughs) and he's the one going, oh, crap, what did the president do again? Right. So, yeah, so I guess this will be a story that keeps on giving because this fall we're going to have Putin come to Washington, D.C.
1: Well, I guess if locking children in cages wasn't enough to get the American people mad, I guess that is because they love the country so much. you would hope you know Donald Trump committing treason and doing all these other uh incredibly
2: mm-hmm.
1: egregious things you know would make them even more upset i don't I don't know but the problem
0: I, the thing is what I'm seeing is people like bending over backwards to talk about how this isn't treason exactly. <laughs>
1: Exactly, do you
0: do? I love America so much that I want our president to give it away to Russia. Like, right. is really I have what these this people flag are saying.
1: on my por- porch uh-huh. just hanging up? But hey, it's okay. It's all good. It's the president, it's, it's Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. How is he doing this?
0: I, I mean, it, it really <laughs> is the literal representation of his, like, I could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and exactly. people would still vote.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just confused.
2: Right. Um well you know the the question is um has Trump has he actually committed treason has he provided state secrets to uh to Putin or Putin's people when he had the ambassador mm-hmm. in the oval office when or, he had a secret meeting Yeah like we'll never know meeting?
0: that because he had a secret meeting
2: <laughs> Right so so has he actually committed treason and then uh are the government officials who would have the ability to rein him in, do they believe whether or not the president is above the law? And unfortunately, the members of the U.S. House have not shown a commitment to try and provide the proper oversight over the president. Um, And what's terrifying is the latest Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, clearly has shown through his record that he does not believe uh, that the president can be reined in. He believes right. that the president is above the law. Absolutely. Which yeah. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Extremely.
0: Yeah, I mean, for as much as we talk about how, like, Trump picked this guy because he's so bad on row, like, Trump really picked this guy because he's so bad on row and believes that the president yeah. can't be prosecuted All for All their beliefs
1: line up yeah. perfectly. Uh-huh.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, what more do you need? You, you know, if if you're a president looking at being prosecuted, <laughs> you're going to put a judge on the Supreme Court who believes that for a lifetime, by the way, not just yes. for Trump's, you know, rest of however long Trump's presidency will be or however long Trump exists. Because I guess some polling somebody saw somewhere like like a big chunk of people believe that it's the lifetime of the president that the judge gets to serve. I don't know. But no. I think some people judges- think
2: that it's, it's a nomination and he would be on the court as long as Trump is yeah. in office. And yes. that's not... It's it's as long as Brett Kavanaugh mm, would be alive. alive, alive. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a lifetime appointment for him for his lifetime, and, and we'd have to put up with him.
0: And amazingly, knock on some really solid wood. It also seems to raise your lifespan because the vast majority of Supreme Court justices live a really long
2: time. Right. <laughs> like, so it, it, this could be a forty-year appointment. Yeah, I mean he's scary. in his early
0: fifties. Yes, scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, this guy. I mean,
0: changing the court for that long, not just right. But yeah, so yeah, Kavanaugh doesn't think that people deserve rights, and he believes the president is above the law. Right, and he wants, as we talked about with Elena last week, he wants you know religious freedom, but really that religious control, like pushing other people's religion on you, is not religious freedom. So,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's it,
0: like I mean, it just really proves why Kavanaugh should not be. Have cons- be considered for his nomination until after this election and after we figured out mm-hmm. did Trump actually collude with Russia, is he actually guilty
1: of crimes?
2: Was this nominee selected by Putin himself? Yeah. we honestly don't <laughs> Who know
1: knows? that is a really good question we did oh the other
0: part of the um, Trump Putin press conference thing that was really really interesting was that one of the because Trump's always said that Putin didn't prefer him. Like, yeah, he meddled in the election, but it wasn't in a way to, like, instill one person or another. It was just to create chaos in the election system. But, like, so so one of the reporters actually asked Putin in that um, press conference whether he he preferred Trump over Hillary. And he actually admitted in that press conference that, yes, he very much preferred Trump over Hillary. So, Putin himself has said that he did that to get Trump elected.
2: He prepaid for the presidency. He might as yes. well like <laughs> yes. what he purchased. Uh-huh, exactly.
0: Jesus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, uh. now Kavanaugh is in there. And, yeah, I mean, who knows? Putin right. may have picked it himself.
2: Uh, yeah, so it, it's a lifetime appointment. It's an incredibly important decision. Uh, something that people have pointed out was, um, you know, first off, the Merrick Garland... Uh, debacle proved that the U.S. Senate is capable of waiting until after an election before they make this choice. Yes, Absolutely. so they should. They did yes. it before; they can do it again. It was fewer days before too. So right. Um, they also established, uh, at the urging of Mitch McConnell, uh, when Elena Kagan was the nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court, um, he demanded that the Senate take the time to review. Mm-hmm essentially everything she'd ever written anywhere. And that took an incredibly long time. So McConnell delayed the Kagan nomination uh, to review documents. And so Democrats in the Senate, and I believe Sherrod Brown's one of the ones calling for this, are saying, hey, we did it before. We can do it again. A lifetime appointment picked by Donald Trump. We're going to stop and review everything Brett Kavanaugh has ever written Mm -hmm. before we have this discussion. Yes. So that's that's an important move uh, that will give them just an appropriate amount of time to exactly. really make sure that this guy's worthy of a lifetime appointment. I mean, um, he's going
0: to be on the court for a lifetime. Take another couple of weeks. Right. 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 I mean, I feel so really sorry for the poor staffer who's going to have to read all thousand and tens of thousands of pieces of paper, but right. we really need to know before. Do it for your country. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right.
2: <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, the last thing on this, uh, know, maybe not the last thing, but <laughs> the next thing on the SCOTUS thing uh, is the importance of uh, how this transfers the responsibility from the high court down to the state legislatures, to state governors. Um, in today's Cincinnati Inquirer, Jennifer Branch has an excellent uh, a column uh, talking about um, what would happen if we reversed Roe. Um, how there's uh, a, approximately 20,000 abortions in Ohio every year. Uh, this would not stop all the abortions. It would just stop the safe ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so she says, here I'm reading, uh, pre row hospital had wards for women injured from unsafe abortions. Will such wards be reopened? Where? not in our religious-based hospitals, and probably not in our public hospitals. (laughs) Ohio's already banned public hospitals from agreeing to accept emergency patients from abortion providers in the rare case when a patient needs hospital care. Will the legislators extend that ban to prohibit public hospitals from treating women injured or dying from an illegal abortion? I mean, these are really ugly outcomes Mm -hmm. that we're looking at. And as our boss Kelly Copeland has said, you know this used to be like a hypothetical conversation right. nothing is hypothetical anymore exactly. this is a real question that state legislators candidates for mm. governor need to answer yeah yeah well, when we saw a test
0: case of it when House Bill 2 passed in Texas and every clinic in the Rio Grande Valley closed. So for geographically challenged individuals, the Rio Grande Valley of Texas is that peninsula of Texas that's actually south of a lot of Mexico. Okay. So it was way easier for a woman to cross over into Mexico, go to a local flea market, and get an abortion pill. And in some cases, that was actually Mifepristone, RU-486 and the real drugs, and in some cases it was not. It was some other folk remedy or whatever. And several of the clinics that had closed and were no longer performing abortion services in that area stayed open like a day a week or something like that to treat women who had partially miscarried because they had taken some not fully-strengthed or not appropriate right. abortion pill that they had gotten from Mexico. So, I mean, we saw this as not a, like, even a hypothetical, even in the modern world, that, you know, you need some sort of hospital ward or some kind of medical place for people to go when they do access a medication that doesn't work the way that it should because it wasn't, you know, medically supervised and wasn't the proper medication. So, you know, even though we're probably not looking at a world where, you know, we're looking at wire coat hangers, we're looking at people getting drugs off the internet, you know, in our, our more modern society, but we're still going to have these same situations where right. women are going to need follow-up medical care because something has gone wrong, and he will be there for that.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: We actually had a story we brought forward, I think when Tom Brinkman did his first abortion ban, a story from a man who was living in Cleveland at the time and was living in Cleveland pre-Roe, and he and his wife lived in some tenement house apartment building on, in Cleveland somewhere and at like two o'clock one morning his neighbor like was pounding on his door and he opened the door and she like collapsed into his arms and she had had an illegal abortion and was going septic. She'd gotten an nice. infection and was going septic. And so he went to I think at least two, if not three different emergency rooms in the Cleveland area. Trying to find somebody to treat her And they all turned her away oh, It was the last one who wow. finally says We we can't help her here But if you go here they will help you And he got there the care and she got the care she needed And she survived and everything was okay But I mean these are I mean that's the the scenario That Jennifer Branch is asking about there Like who will be there to treat these people Right? Who will be there to help
2: Yeah I mean you know We hear so much so many people reference The Hippocratic Oath when we When we have hearings on Mm -hmm. abortion bans and doctors' views on this, and the idea that either doctors themselves would refuse to assist or that hospitals would put in place policies to tie doctors' hands and not let them Mm -hmm. assist is shocking and disgusting. Yeah. And to
0: add to that, to the topic we talked about last week, too, the Ohio State Medical Association endorsed Mike DeWine, a person who said he would sign a bill that could cause a Supreme Court with Kavanaugh on it to gut... Or overturn Roe. Right. So, you know, here you have a medical, <laughs> established medical organization that's supposed to represent these doctors who are going to have their hands tied and are going to be forced to go to prison and is now just saying, eh, we don't really care about that.
1: I don't see how this is not, like, just scaring everybody to do something. Like, literally.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Just to think about it, I had a friend who had a a tubular pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You know, just to think things happen that's out of your control, out of your hands. So you have to have the proper care. You have to have a doctor who's able to do, Mm -hmm. you know, what they need to do for you. And if we're trying to criminalize doctors for that, I mean...
0: Yeah. I think so many people... Don't think it would ever happen to them. It's kind of the same exactly. thing with rape. Well, yeah. I would never have walked down that dark street corner I in that mini skirt those clothes. Well, yeah, amazing yeah, exactly. <laughs> how <laughs> we went to the same place. Um, but you know, it's the same. Like, well, I would never experience unintended pregnancy, so I wouldn't need an abortion. Well, it's. Do you ever plan to be pregnant? Because you could have a tubal t- tubal pregnancy. Yes. You could experience you know exactly. major issues with your pregnancy, or you could have a fetus with, um, with a fatal anomaly yeah you know like and that's what you know I think a lot of medical professionals also like well I'm not an abortion provider so I won't go to jail well are you an OB who would treat a woman with a tubal pregnancy because that would be an abortion
1: exactly like
0: it really does impact so many more people than this other person that I'm never going to be because exactly better than that yeah I think that's a lot of it and people just don't understand. And I think it's been I like Gabe said, Kelly keeps talking about how it's how it's been this hypothetical. It's been a hypothetical for so long. You know, we've we've said, you know, Roe versus um the Planned Parenthood versus Casey decision in the nineties, all the lawyers were all really scared about how that could gut roe and essentially end abortion access and It didn't make it better, but it didn't make it as bad as that. It certainly wasn't the best case decision ever, but it was also not the worst. So, you know, we've kind of been playing in this hypothetical sphere for so long that I think it's... I think there's a lot of people out there like, well, you've been crying wolf for a while. Yeah, but now it's more realistic.
1: Now we uh actually have that, you know, person who can actually put this into place. So. Yeah, yeah, this is not a drill. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, <laughs> this is no longer crying wolf. The wolf yeah. is actually there, and he's staring us down in the face. And his name is Brett Kavanaugh.
2: <laughs> that we've talked about it a lot of times on how his name just doesn't sound
0: like a Scotus name. <laughs>
2: um, on the topic of doctors assisting, uh, the role of courts to decide whether or not uh, a medical professional has the right to. Um, Uh, to refuse to help. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have some real world cases uh, that have been in the news this summer uh, that really accurately illustrate what happens when somebody turns to a medical professional, uh, in some cases, a doctor, but in these two cases, pharmacies, which, you know, are, are part of the medical community uh, and pharmacists refuse to serve. So the first one here, uh, the most recent one we'll start with uh, at CVS uh, in Arizona, um, Hildy uh, Hildy Hall uh, went straight from a doctor's office um, to a CVS pharmacy, uh, eager to fulfill uh, fill her first hormone therapy prescription. Uh, Hildy Hall is a transgender woman, and so was beginning hormone therapy, uh, and the pharmacist turned her away, said no. So you know here here you have. Um, somebody who's supposed to be assisting people, filling prescriptions, providing, Mm -hmm. you know, medication that's been ordered by a doctor. Exactly,
1: valid prescription.
2: And the pharmacist, eh, I
1: don't want to do this. I'm Mm going to make this decision for you now. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming they claimed a religious grounds for their, or did they just say no?
2: Yeah. Uh, This article doesn't say. Okay. Um, Because usually it's that. Yeah, so you know, it's 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 a a question of was this, you know, was this in line with the corporate policies or not? But then when this happens, you know, to to the person who's going up to the pharmacy and expecting to be able to receive the medication that they need, um, it, if it's if it's a corporate policy, if it's a individual individual pharmacist, if it was the doctor, that doesn't matter to the person. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, a refusal is a refusal.
1: Exactly.
2: Um, and you know, that's the same idea that applies to a lot of the abortion restrictions Mm -hmm. is, you know, we get asked all the time, what's the most extreme abortion ban? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, the most extreme one for that individual patient is whichever the one is that turns them away. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and so for, for this to happen to this individual and to be denied care at, at essentially the last step in the Mm -hmm. process Especially with all of the stuff
0: she would have had to go through to get to that point. Exactly. Like, that should be, it's kind of the first day of her new life living in the body that she was supposed to be born in. And this is kind of that, like, first official big step into that. Yeah. And to have somebody just be like, nope, I can control that. You get to stay in that body that you don't think is the right body for you. Uh, the mental anguish that goes along with that, too, is just, you know, it's not just, oh, sorry, you can't get your, you know, antibiotic. Like, this is a drug that will help turn her body mm-hmm. into the body that she was supposed to be born in. And this person says, oh, wait, no, you could just stay trapped in the jail of the body that you were born into. Right. Because I don't think you should have this drug. Right.
2: You know, and the medical community should be looking at that in terms of, you know, it's, it, it. if this was anything else, if this was antibiotics, you know, mm-hmm. if your kid gets, uh, um, you know, gets something and they need penicillin, uh, you know, if I'm going to pick up insulin... It, it's it's the next day in that person's mm-hmm. life with that medical treatment that they need, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. should not be treated any differently. Different, yeah. And the idea that a pharmacist would get to inject their own uh, personal beliefs mm-hmm. into no that pun intended with inject there, but <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the personal beliefs of the pharmacist yeah. should not be mm-hmm. a, you know be something that's permitted. Yeah, and not at
1: all, and that should be in corporate policy. Like you you don't get to choose someone else's life based based on your personal mm-hmm. religious beliefs, etc. Um, so personally, I don't even feel like that pharmacist should still have a job.
2: Apparently they don't. So that's, that's 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 some good news on that one. (laughs) But this happens all the time. Second case, uh, June 26th, Walgreens pharmacist refuses to fill a woman's prescription to induce a miscarriage. So, um, she'd been told by a doctor that her nine week old fetus had stopped developing, uh, and essentially, you know, th- yeah. this was this was a failed pregnancy. Pregnancy, right. pregnancy was over at that point. Absolutely, but Needed she was not passing the tissue. Yeah, and was told no. Um,
1: so essentially, you're harming my body even mm-hmm. more. Yeah, like that's crazy. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and um, if I'm remembering that one right in that Walgreens case of that second one. Walgreens actually said that it was their policy and he followed their policy and that pharmacist was not fired. And Walgreens is canceled.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They've walked that back. Uh, They have walked that back. They they
0: didn't initially. Initially, that's what they said. They did eventually walk that one back. But,
2: you know these are things that happen all the time, yeah. and mm-hmm. so when these hit the courts, we need judges who understand the value of absolutely. You know someone's mm-hmm. bodily autonomy. Yeah,
0: well, and this is yeah. where the whole religious freedom argument comes back in as well. Absolutely. Like you know, the Walgreen, at least the Walgreens case was a well. I don't believe in abortion because of religious reasons, so I can't you know help you have one, and. And so, you know, when you look at Kavanaugh and he's saying, well, that should be that person's right to exercise their religion. Well, when your religion impacts my life, that's no longer your religious freedom. That's religious oppression that you're putting on me. Absolutely. So, you know, looking at Kavanaugh's record on that, I mean, it definitely is a very serious issue that, you know, he would most likely not rule to protect access to those medications for those people. Right. And what's next? I mean, what is the slippery slope here? Oh, you know, you talk about insulin. A person that is more overweight than the pharmacy pharmacist thinks they should be coming in for insulin or a diabetes prescription. Oh, well, you did that to yourself, so I don't think that you should have this drug. Right. You know, what is you know, what where is the what's next there? Exactly. I mean if somebody When do may, they stop? When yeah.
1: is there a breaking point? When do we say enough is enough? Mm-hmm.
0: And if you worked at McDonald's and you were a vegetarian and you stopped, you started refusing to like hand out hamburgers, McDonald's would fire your butt right. on the spot. <laughs> you know that that this is the same thing. Absolutely, do your job. If you want to have this job, you should do that. Yes, job. and if
1: your personal beliefs are going to interfere with how you do your job, find a different job. Yeah, <laughs> like don't interfere with someone else's health because of mm-hmm. your beliefs. Yeah. I don't understand how that is so hard to, for people to get, to understand. Like, uh-huh. that's the scary part about it. Mm-hmm. It really is. <sighs> yes. Mini size. Uh-huh. All of the size and eye rolls.
2: Um, okay. So that's all things to be considered uh, with Supreme Court nominee. Questions that we'd like to see Brett Kavanaugh asked. Um, mm-hmm. A majority of Americans were polled. And uh, responded that they would like to see a Supreme Court nominee answer questions on abortion. Um, there's this myth that Republicans have created that, no, no, they don't need to answer the questions. And, and there's a video of Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> clearly making a statement for the <laughs> U.S. Senate, mm-hmm. answering the question Kavanaugh should answer also. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, questions of personal responsibility. Is the president above the law? Mm-hmm. These sorts of things uh, we definitely want to hear. Um, between now and then though, uh, in Ohio, we've got a big race, a special Um,
0: election. Yay. (laughs) Ohio 12th. That's my district. I don't think it's anybody else's. It's not yours. You've got Joyce Beatty, don't you? Yes. Yes. You guys are both all lucky with your Joyce (laughs) Beatty's. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I missed that district by a block and a half. I think I've said that about 500 times (laughs) on this podcast. Um, yeah. So Danny O'Connor is running in a special election. It's kind of a weird election because in the primary, In May, we voted for Danny O'Connor twice because you had to vote for him in the primary for the special and for the general election in November. So these people will be on the ballot both now and again in November. But Danny O'Connor is the Democrat running against Troy Balderson, (laughs) (laughs) who is a Republican. Um, Weirdly, he was the least crazy Republican, but he still... Is there
1: such a thing?
0: (laughs) In that race, there was, because the person he was against was... Boy Way worse
1: um, You
0: know we, We've talked a lot About Christina Hagen On this podcast I think she and Christina Hagen Would have been BFFs okay. Like yeah. Very very crazy Conservative woman um, All of her ads Were in her like McMansion Neighborhood In Powell about you know Whatever But she didn't <laughs> win um, yes. Troy Bal- Balderson did And he I mean Is a BFF With Trump Therefore a BFF With Putin I guess right And um, You know Believes in You know Not Restricting access to guns and not protecting our kids in schools. Definitely doesn't believe in the right to abortion and gay rights and all of these things. Bad, 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 bad. So Danny O'Connor's fabulous and wonderful. <laughs> um, and actually, it's really hilarious. His campaign office is at the end of my street. Like every time I leave my neighborhood, I see the Danny O'Connor for Congress office. <laughs> um, so it's just a little bit of Franklin County, actually, um, and then a big chunk of Delaware and I think Union County and some other of the suburban areas. Mm-hmm. It's Pat T. Berry's old seat, um, but he decided that he didn't feel like being a government employee anymore <laughs> based on how salty he was on a, a Southwest flight from, with me from um, <laughs> DC. I can understand maybe why. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be August 7th is the special election. Early vote has already started. So the early vote center is open uh, in Franklin County. That is the one on Morris road. That is the usual spot where early vote happens. Um, and yeah, what was really interesting about that race this week too, was there was a letter to the editor in the dispatch talking about how Daniel Connor talks about his faith, but is also endorsed by Naral and Planned Parenthood and how those two things can not happen together. <laughs> I wondered if that was going to be an audible sigh I saw the yeah. eye roll happen <laughs> so I waited for it Good job, thank you <laughs> But yeah, so he, there's a whole about how you can't be a religious person and be pro-choice and if Elena was on with us today she would probably be going off about that but Absolutely. yeah, so um, he is most definitely a person of faith, but is definitely you know fully endorsed by Narrow and Planned Parenthood because he, as a person of faith, believes that people should have the right to their bodily autonomy and Absolutely. right to the health care services they need. I mean, one of his big platform pieces is actually about how his mom got breast cancer when he was in college and how like she had world-class care because she had really good insurance. And as they went through that process, he realized how many other people didn't have access to the type of care that he and his mom got, and are no longer here because I don't have that. So he really has a very good personal story on why he's so invested in these things, too. So go Danny O'Connor. Yay! If you're yeah. in the 12th Congressional District, and you can go to, like, house.gov and figure that out, um, you really, 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 really need to get out and vote on... August 7th or before it early vote for (laughs) Danny O'Connor and we'll put a link to finding your district online it's a part of Clintonville it's some of Westerville but not all of Westerville as we figured out (laughs) um I think a little bit of Dublin and um Worthington too so Mm -hmm. it's this little like I call it the Harry Potter scar and like (laughs) into central Franklin County And then a bunch of the like suburbs of northern Franklin County. Gerrymandering
2: gerrymandering is real.
0: uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm the point on that Harry Potter scar (laughs) that is my
2: house. Okay. So yeah. Very important election.
0: It is. Because it will really show that you know we can get out and win in these gerrymandered districts. You know, this district is, I think, I think forty percent democratic, forty three percent democratic.
2: Right, so. and and the person he's running against, Troy Balderson, is a state senator who's supported, you know, essentially all the usual suspect mm-hmm. legislation. Um, he's he's got a terrible anti-choice voting record. Yes. He's got a an f a zero percent, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, should not be in Congress. Yes, yeah, definitely does yeah. not
0: deserve a promotion in any way, shape, or form.
2: No. <laughs> no. So. for O'Connor. Okay, so then uh, let's move on to events. Uh, What's upcoming? Uh, This weekend is Youngstown Pride. Uh, Mm -hmm. Our Northern Ohio organizer, uh, Hannah, is going to be up there. Mm -hmm. If you see her, Uh, say hello. Um, Mm -hmm. July 23rd, that's Monday, in Toledo, uh, there's a rapid response meeting. It's a joint uh, sort of training workshop. uh, NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio, again, that's Hannah. Um, along with Planned Parenthood and a couple other friendly organizations. I'm not looking, but I'm guessing urge. Yeah, happy um, <laughs> uh, i guess. You know, the, the, the people in Toledo have been doing uh, amazing work. Um, so if you want to join them, there's a, a great meeting um, uh, that, you know, new people would be welcome yes. to uh, come be to be a great that. time for a new person to Uh, Mm -hmm. July 26th is the repro health happy hour here in Columbus at growl. Yes. Um, so that's our, our standard, uh, monthly, uh, get together. Um, and then those are benefiting root this time too. So everyone should go. Yeah. Uh, restoring our own through transformation, um, (laughs) uh, providing, um, uh, prenatal postnatal, um, doula care for black women, Mm -hmm. um, So definitely a terrific organization. Um, And then there's a bunch of other things falling in. So you can always find all of our event info uh, on the events tab on our Facebook page. Yes. Okay. All right. I think that's it for this week. So we will uh, see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.